Frank Garza, and welcome to episode one of San Francisco People. Now, a lot of my friends have been asking me recently, why are you starting a podcast? And why is it called San Francisco People? What's that all about? Well, let me tell you something a little bit about myself first. I'm from Missouri. I was born there. I was raised there. I went to school there. And when I graduated, I got my first job in Louisiana and lived there for almost a decade. It was a nice place, but I knew I didn't want to spend the rest of my life there. I wanted to live someplace that I loved. So I decided to give San Francisco a try and moved out here five years ago. Within a few days, I had fallen in love with this city. It's the perfect place for me, and there's so many things I love about our city. First, I like that it's a city, a real urban city. When I walk out my door, I can feel the buzz and energy of people and action and just things going on. I love having a neighborhood where I can walk to go do or to go get anything that I need. My gym, grocery store, dry cleaners, doctor, dentist, they're all just a few blocks away. And I have my own neighborhood places, my own neighborhood restaurants and bars that I can walk in and see familiar faces of the people that are working there, or maybe even a few of my neighbors. I like walking through the city and exploring all the other neighborhoods, from the marina to the mission, and seeing what makes each of them unique and different. And the beauty of San Francisco has never gotten old to me, even after all of these years. With just a simple walk down my block, I can see beautiful Victorian homes with a Golden Gate Bridge and the bay in the background. There's nothing like that view on a clear and sunny day. Not long after moving here, I did what anyone else would do. I tried making new friends. I'd go out, I'd meet people, and I'd get into the same get-to-know-you conversations that I'm used to. You know, what'd you do last weekend? What type of work do you do? What do you do for fun? You know, the usual stuff. But I quickly noticed a trend. The average San Franciscan was living an amazing life. Every person, it seemed, had a successful, interesting career, and some were even running their own company or in the midst of a startup. People packed so many activities into a single weekend. I'd ask somebody, hey, what'd you do this weekend? Oh, I biked 50 miles in Marin this morning, went wine tasting in Napa, had dinner at a Michelin-starred restaurant, and caught a show at the Fillmore. And that was just Saturday. Traveling around the world was the norm. Nobody was impressed with my trips to Paris or London. Everyone had traveled around Europe. No, they had just come back from Peru, Kenya, or even a honeymoon to the Galapagos Islands. And I loved the open-mindedness, acceptance, and tolerance that everyone had towards people that were different than them. Yes, the bar had definitely been raised. I wanted to do a podcast about these San Francisco people. I want to bring them into my studio, which also happens to be my dining room, but nonetheless, 
I want to bring them in here and have them share their extraordinary, ordinary lives. Right away, I knew who my first guest would be. Rob Hunter, my good friend and successful entrepreneur, is on the show today. I met Rob not long after moving here. He was one of my first friends and probably the first person in San Francisco I had made a real connection with. When I think about my friendship with Rob, I always go back five years ago to a backpacking trip we took in the Trinity Alps. We went with a group of friends, but only Rob ended up in my car for the long drive home. I really didn't know Rob that well at the time, but on the ride home, Rob really opened up about his life and what his plans were. Rob was an app writer, a struggling app writer, and he was also the first app writer I had ever met. Now I had an iPhone at the time. I had probably had one for about a year, but the whole idea of apps was still a novelty to me. And you know, I was also working in a pretty steady, typical job. I was an engineer working for the man, you know, in your typical nine to five job. Rob, on the other hand, was waking up whenever he wanted, heading to a coffee shop, opening up his laptop, and coding. He was trying to create the next big app. That lifestyle and the thought of building an entire career around an app absolutely intrigued me. At the time of the car ride, Rob had enjoyed some modest success with a few apps and some consulting work, but he definitely wasn't in a comfortable place yet. But he kept at it, and over the years, I enjoyed seeing him gain more and more success with each app that was released. He eventually co-founded a company called Focused Apps, which developed the popular hit tennis series that now has 35 million downloads. With Hit Tennis Multiplayer, uh, you can pick up your phone, your friend can pick up their phone, and you guys can play each other in tennis. You can even play strangers from all over the world, if that's your thing. Last weekend when I was home, visiting the fam, I played my niece. I kicked her ass, beat her in straight sets. Never mind that she's 10 years old. Never mind that it was her birthday. Hey, I got caught up in the moment. That's what Hit Tennis does for you. It's a great game. Go on the App Store, search for tennis, and it's the first one that comes up. Rob is also your prototypical San Franciscan. He takes the bus more than anyone I know. He enjoys a few cocktails, a few glasses of wine, or an IPA from time to time. And he always has a good hole-in-the-wall restaurant or bar to recommend, depending on which neighborhood you're in. He's always up for an outdoor adventure, and he loves his runs down to Chrissy Field along the bay. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Rob as we talk about his journey from struggling app writer to successful entrepreneur and what he loves about San Francisco. I was, um, I had applied to Y Combinator. I don't know if you've heard of that, but it's in a, it's a, like a C early stage investment company. And they were, they were just starting out. They were, they had maybe funded uh, a couple rounds of companies, but they're, they're pretty big now, or they're very big now. And, um, I applied to them 
with another friend, another friend from college, my friend Jesse, and we um, we were gonna make an app, so a, a program that would let anyone build their own web app. That was kind of the hot hot term of the day. So it was before like native apps on phones were common. Right. It was like a, oh, it's like a web page that did something more, you know, like um, like Flickr to look at your photos or something like that. So ours was going to be so that non-programmers could make their own web applications. And we were very excited about this idea. And uh, we applied to Y Combinator. We got the interview, which was cool. That's like, you know, like a pretty big step. And then they met us and then they rejected us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. So we flew out to Boston. Is that right? Yeah, we flew out to Boston too. Uh-huh. I mean, they pay, they compensated a few hundred bucks, but um, right. we flew out to Boston for a 10 minute meeting and then got They took a look at you and they said, no, we don't, yeah, we don't think these it was, guys are I mean, we, it. It, we were so ill prepared. It was ridiculous. Right. I almost cringed thinking about that. Yeah, we kind of came in with a couple sheets of paper. I had had a demo and I like deleted it. So maybe accidentally a few weeks before and we were kind of in the process of rebuilding another one, but it wasn't done. And so we just kind of talked and drew some stuff on the whiteboard. And then yeah, they, he, I, the main guy, Paul Graham, actually called, he, he called people back then when it was a smaller thing and he told people they were rejected. And uh, he said it was really close. So we actually maybe almost convinced him. Yeah. But uh, it was probably a good no on their part. I don't think we were quite ready. But we kept going. I, I think the idea is a tough one. It's, it's, it sounds cool, but it's... Um, Programming is kind of hard, you know, yeah. and um, I don't know if it's inherently so. I don't know that if I'm sure there are going to be ways that it's going to be made easier in the future, especially with more people interested in it. But um, I think what we were doing kind of went out the wrong way. And um, but yeah, so that was um, the second, maybe the second failed company. OK, yeah. But at Three this point, if you count the restaurant. Yeah. But. At this point, though, are you pretty much sold on the fact that uh starting a company again this is the path you want to go down you're not going to go back to work for another company to a nine-to-five type job you're just going to keep um i think i assumed at some point i would have to yeah because i didn't want to be like poor or have you know have no money i I basically had savings from my when i worked the three years um and i'd saved up some money and so i was i was just paying myself with that um at some point that was going to run out and actually it did i um I don't remember the date. I, I have. I could look at my computer, um, but I took a screenshot of uh, my bank account, and it said like forty-seven cents in my checking account. And I don't know why I took a screenshot because it sounds like so depressing. But I yeah. feel like I probably figured I wouldn't always have forty-seven cents. I mean, for yeah. me, there was a, um, you know, it, it wasn't like I was really totally throwing myself out there with no recourse if something went wrong because I was confident I could get a job at a larger company, you right. know, as a programmer. Right. So there was always that. And right. so that that's actually a pretty powerful position to be in. It's like, okay, well, I can go get a nice job and uh, make a good salary if this doesn't work out. And right. so I think that was probably my plan, but I hoped certainly that it would work out. Okay. Um, yeah. So Jesse and I tried that idea I think two more times. I think we maybe applied oh, really? with it three different times. We got rejected three times. Okay. Um, and yeah, so that was, I don't, we, we probably should have changed ideas or changed approaches or something. Right. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's sort of hard to see that when you're in it, it's, it's kind of hard to see. 
Yeah. Um, and so what, what year is this? Now, um, do you think after the third attempt with Jesse? What if time I, let's see, it was probably 2000, maybe 2008 or seven. Let's see. Okay. What, what did I say? 2007. I probably should have prepped with some dates for you. Cause yeah. of, and we could look at the, well, cause I know I met you in 2009. Okay. And, and I had so already I'm, gone to iPhone type stuff yeah. and we could look at whenever yeah. the iPhone, um, SDK was announced. Right. Um, and I don't know if we can get your tech guy on that. Yeah. yeah. He, he's, he's, he's looking it up right now. <laughs> we'll look that up later. Um, um, yeah, I'm trying to just get a point. Yeah. Of I think, I think it's like for... 2000, I think it's 2008. I think when we applied to these things, I think they were pretty, they were like okay. every six months or something. And maybe we actually, we applied before I left Merced in July. So that was probably the first. And then maybe half a year later at the end of 2007, then maybe halfway to, to, through 2008 was our last rejection. I'm guessing somewhere around there was the iPhone SDK was announced. Yeah. And so I had stopped doing stuff with Jesse. Um, I was just trying to make some cash. I was going on Craigslist to uh, sell my body. No. <laughs> <laughs> to, uh, that's not true. Um, to program stuff for people. But that's like, if you know anything about programming you know that that would be the worst place to get programming jobs because you're right. completely going to be underpaid and then there's like a huge startup cost of figuring to dealing with the person and figuring out what they want but I, that that was what i needed to like be able to keep trying this stuff without totally running out of money um, right so you know i'd make a few hundred bucks here and there and uh and then the iPhone SDK was announced. That SDK is like software development kit. That's right. um, Steve Jobs had the big keynote. It wasn't the original iPhone keynote, but it was where the one where he said, hey, we're going to have an app store and anyone can write an app. And that was like pretty big news. And uh, my friend Kardik, actually, uh, the one who I did the first, the backup, the failed backup company with, he, he I remember he emailed me and said, you should watch, I hadn't watched the keynote yet. And so you should watch the keynote. This seems like it's going to be big, the iPhone. And <laughs> you should probably do something. Right. Because he knew I like didn't have a job yeah, and yeah. stuff. Um, so I think he was right about it. I think he was right on the money there. Yeah, he was. Um, yeah. And so, so then you, so you watched that. Yeah. And you said, I'm going to do this. Yeah. And what was your first um, uh, That was, after? I was working with another guy and we were just going through different ideas. Most of them, I think, were iPhone related. Yeah. And we settled on an app that would be called Scribular. Okay. Which is, its slogan was, oh God, what was its slogan? Where you have to be there. I really like, like okay. you have to be there. Scribular, and, and, you have to be there. Yeah. Okay. It, was a, it was a location. I guess it sounds a little lamer when you say it out loud, but when you read it on the webpage, it was really cool. Yeah, I like it. Um, okay, good. And uh, it was location-based. It was sort of like Foursquare before Foursquare. Um, but you would, instead of just checking in, you would leave a note about a place, like a, a piece of information, like, oh, I like the pie here, or the bathroom code is one, two, three, four, or you know, whatever. And we imagine just all these notes left around the world, these virtual notes, um, tidbits of information kind of organized. Mm -hmm. And uh, that sounded really cool. So that's what we did. Yeah. Was anybody... Were there any apps out there with check-ins at the time? Or no, was that relatively a new thing? I think Foursquare, you know, if you could say invented, yeah. invented the check-in, at least the term. I, I will say that we thought of it. Mm -hmm. um, and we thought of it in terms of the Facebook poke. 
So if you remember that, it was like, you know, you could poke people on Facebook, but right. it was just like, you could think of it as a, a one bit message. It's just there. That is, that is the message itself. Right. right? And so with a check-in, it's kind of the same thing. It's just saying there's no note attached. It's just saying I was here. We thought it was stupid though. So we didn't do that. Right. We probably should have just done that. Yeah. It would have been a lot better that making people write a note was too much work. Um, people you want to make lazy. it easy. People yeah. are too lazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we, we made it even worse. We had this like really complicated, like threaded discussion. So it's like you could reply to people and it would show it indented. So you could have these conversations and they'd be kind of like just hard to read. Like mm-hmm. we should have just done a simple list of, uh, um, you know, comments. And, and that was actually me. That was, I remember that was my fault. I was like, no, it has to be a threat because this is all about the I thought the discussions, I thought right. that's what it would be about. You but. thought people were going to want to go to these places, put some discussions yeah. on there, and the next person would come, add to it, and grow into these giant conversations. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and they'd be really like valuable and, and stuff right. like that. So were people using it? They, they were for a while. I had like, I don't know, my 15 minutes of fame with that was probably like a couple weeks long. Like it, it got in the store. I missed the launch because I couldn't figure out how to install it. Uh, to, to to like submit it to Apple for approval. Right. And I missed the launch by a few hours. So they said, get it in by this date. And if we approve it, it'll be in the app store on day one. And I, it was so frustrating. I gave myself a couple hours to do it and I couldn't figure out mm-hmm. how to do it. Um, it, was, it was a lot tougher than it is now, I think. Um, but uh, so I missed that. So it was actually there, I think maybe a week at, after the app store launch, but it was still in the very beginning. There weren't many apps out there. Right. So people found this one. And there was a while, it was pretty cool. You could just reload the page and every, I don't know, every 30 seconds, you could probably, you would see a new note pop up from somewhere in the world yeah. and that, and someone writing something. And that was some, that was pretty cool. Yeah. My dad, I remember would he would watch this. He's very supportive of yeah. all my projects and he would reload it and he would sometimes call me and said, uh, Rob, you better look at the page. Someone wrote something, uh, might be pretty <laughs> inappropriate. You might want to, uh edit that down yeah. as, you know saying something terrible or something so i found out there's we needed some sort of spam detection too but this right. our spam filter was just me uh or one of us uh deleting them at yeah. that point yeah do you remember any very memorable notes that people left was there any that left an impression on you that you thought were funny there, or there was or? i thought i wasn't gonna be when you said yeah. that i was like oh no god i don't remember but there was one um yeah. i forgot about this until now the uh this guy started leaving these mysterious notes and it, and you, you realized after reading them, they were very long. Like most notes are like a few words long and these were like a paragraph or two. Uh-huh. Um, and they were letters to his girlfriend. Mm. Crystal was her name. I forget what the guy's name was, but, uh, and he was, it was like a scavenger hunt and he was leading her through their favorite parts of Sacramento. And, um, and at the end, he proposed to her. Oh, on wow. Yeah. Um, and the Sacramento Bee called me, um, the newspaper in Sacramento. Right. And I, um, I, I don't know, I interviewed him or something. I mean, I, I answered a couple questions for the interview. The, the, the guy thought it was an interesting story. So they did it about Scribular yeah. and this guy's engagement. She, she, she said yes and whatnot. Yeah. So that was cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah. They'll, so Scribula will live on for the rest of their lives. Yeah, they'll they'll always remember. Always and we, we, I, he actually invited me to the wedding. I should have oh, gone. I, don't, I, I had something to do, but I, whatever it was, I should have canceled it. Yeah. Um, so I didn't go. But um, 
I think his name was Dan. Um, but, uh, yeah. I hope. Yeah. Do you, know, do you have any idea how many people were using this thing? Like how many downloads it got or how many users um, you guys had on there? Uh, I don't know. I would say like a few thousand downloads, maybe, okay. maybe 10,000 downloads in its lifetime. Okay. Something like that. And so, so you guys had this going. Yeah. Um, we actually start, the other guy actually left. So it was actually just me okay. when it launched. Okay. Um, and then how long after you guys launched Scribbler did uh, Foursquare come out? God, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. Yeah. It was a, I think it was a little while later. Yeah. I don't think they were there at the beginning. Um, but that thing was, Foursquare was super polished. Um, yeah. It was a big team. They had a lot of money. Um, and they realized that make it simple, you know? Right. Like, I could totally see Scribular having been much more popular if it was just like, right. and I was here, you get a map of where you were. Like, we could have gone from there, and that could have been cool. Did you uh, did you feel like you had missed out on the big one? Um, like you had come really close to no. I mean, maybe a little bit, but I don't usually do much of that. Like, oh, I had that idea first because it it's like, you know, there, there, there's so much difference between the idea and the execution. Now, in this particular case, I did start executing it, so maybe right. it was like, but it, it was really just frustration towards. I probably should have just been more thoughtful about the process, you know, like right. what, what are people really going to do? You know, I'm not sure I stopped and think thought and imagined, um, what people would do. And maybe I would have, you know, made something better. I mean, that said Foursquare is now having some trouble, but obviously they've been, you know, have a ton of users and, and got yeah. pretty successful. Um, yeah. It's one of the front page apps. Oh, I would say on the phone, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, so this is, I think it's around the time I met you. Okay. Um, yeah. cause I remember you telling me these stories. What, what I always think about when I think about meeting you and becoming friends with you is, uh, that car ride we took back from, uh, the Trinity Alps. Yeah. I was, I was new to the city. I was looking to meet friends. I went back on a backpacking trip with you and, and Kim and Andy and, uh, that was it, Mar right? Mary. Oh, Mary as well. Yeah. And, uh, Apollo. And Apollo, for sure, he, he rode up there with me, um, Mary and Andy's dog. Um, but I remember, you know, we left, we kind of got split off, and you and I ended up in the car ride together, and you kind of told me a lot of these kind of the stories. And, okay. and for me, I was just moving here from, I had just moved here from Louisiana. Yeah. You know, and so I had just got an iPhone probably, I don't know, six months before that. Right. So the whole idea of... Um, you know, somebody who, when you're telling me I'm going to make my career, my job, an app writer, I thought that was a pretty novel and cool concept at the time. Yeah. And I remember you being like, a, I thought of you as a, looking back on it now, like a struggling app writer <laughs> who was just trying to make it, trying to find like the big app out there. Yeah. I, I think I was. I yeah. think you, I think you were, <laughs> you were right. I think, I don't know if I knew, do you think I knew I was struggling? I don't even remember. Like, I think it was a, it was an interesting time because I was, I don't think I was like depressed yeah. or anything, but I think no, I no, was. No, no, no. Maybe struggling is the wrong word. Um, it, you could just tell you were, you were excited about it. Yeah. It was early on, you know, everything wasn't like perfectly working, yeah. Yeah. but, uh, you know, I, I could tell that something was going to work out for you. I mean, you seem to have a real like passion around it for sure. 
Yeah. So, so what, what did you do after Scribular? After Scribular, um, I, I think I was running out of money again. I went to this group, which I'd been to a couple times. It's the, uh, it was called like the Palo Alto iPhone users group, something like that, uh, ran by a guy named Tim Burks. Um, he's a nice guy and, uh, he's been doing these things a while now. And, uh, this was in the early days and I met a guy, Mark Johnson, who would become my business partner, but we were just, uh, you know, just networking. I don't even know if we talked about much. We like exchanged business cards and I said that I liked the look of his business card and like, yeah. where did he get him? I think that was the extent of our, uh, technical discussion. Right. Um, but, uh, he emailed me to have coffee, uh, the next week. I think this was probably 2009, early 2009 or late right. 2008, I forget. Um, and, um, yeah, so, uh, we met and it turns out he had a client like that who had emailed him through LinkedIn that wanted an iPhone app written for mm -hmm. his, uh, for their business. And so his idea was to become like a, a big, like the consulting company for iPhone apps, you know, so all these iPhones are getting popular. Businesses are going to want iPhone apps. They don't know how to build them themselves or don't have the resources to. So we're going to be the consulting agency that helps you build your iPhone app. Right. And so, uh, so we ended up getting this, but he wanted someone to help. Right. So he didn't have, he didn't think he could do it just himself. So him and I got together and, uh, decided to take on this first client. And I think the timing was right. I don't know. That may have been when I snapped the 47 cent yeah. chase checking account uh -huh. screenshot. Um, and uh, so I think the timing was right. And I was like, okay, yeah, let's, let's try this out. And uh, that worked. It was actually, it's, it's like, uh, it wasn't, we kept having all these strategies for like how we're going to do sales and how we're going to generate leads and stuff like that. But we never, the market was so hot, like iPhones became so, so popular yeah. that we never got to the time where we had to like look for our next client. It was always email after email or, or call after call and we'd you know chat with some of them and you know take on some of the jobs right so it was kind of like you know easy pickings as much for a work while. as you wanted yeah yeah um but it was only two of us so we had to decide are we gonna you know you can't you only have so many hours in a day like and how do you um and it's also sort of hard to bill for a few you know when you're billing hours it's hard to bill like for a full say eight hours a day you know i felt right. feel like eight hours of billing is probably like a 12-hour day or something like that just because there's like downtime and some and whatnot uh yeah stuff you really can't bill for okay. um and so yeah so we needed to figure out how, how are we going to scale is that something we want to do that's that's kind of what we were asking okay so that seems to be going pretty well but yeah. then you still Wanted to keep pursuing the new app idea, I imagine. Yeah, right. um, we did. We would. We built um, a few apps on the side. Um, I don't remember. I don't know what our intentions exactly were with that. I we probably wanted to get a hit, you know. Right. Um, but I don't remember if we just wanted it to like supplement our income from the consulting, or if we wanted to use it to stop consulting. But I say at some. I'd say at some point we decided that consul consulting isn't exactly what we wanted to do. Right. We'd rather have, you, you might call it a product company, you know, where we mm -hmm. make a product and we sell that um, in right. certain ways rather than hustling the deal. And because even if the deal comes in, in the door, you still, there's still a hustle. There's still a, you still got to talk to them and make sure it's the right fit. Make sure they're a good client. Make sure they're going to pay. Make sure the 
budgets make sense and their mm-hmm. expectations. All that stuff takes time. You don't get paid for it. Um, and the idea of the product is that you own. You you know you it's 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 the dream of making money while you sleep. You know that right. you that you read about in in advertisements on inter- cheesy internet sites. You right. Know? Um, so we probably had that going on. So we were we were working on a few apps, and the first one we wrote together. It was also actually I think this is maybe like before we even started on the client or very early on. We did it over a weekend, I think, and it was called, I think it was Mark's idea, and it was called Duck You Undo. Duck You Undo. Yeah, okay. and it's a play on the F word. I don't know. Are we, are we doing that on this podcast? <laughs> um, and uh, if you didn't get that, then yeah, maybe, but hopefully that was obvious because that was the idea <laughs> in, the, in the marketing of this uh, this uh, app. And it was a, uh, it was it was back. It was kind of like. Cash, trying to cash in on the trend of like people hating autocorrect and like how it always messed up your texts or something like that. Yeah. And um, so this kind of added some functionality while you were texting or emailing and it would show if Apple autocorrected what you wrote, it would remember that and and so you could with one button like change it back to the F word instead of duck. Uh-huh. Yeah. Very convenient. Yeah. Very convenient. Really convenient. Yeah. Except not really because you had to remember to run duck you undo first. Right. So you're, you're writing a Before text. Before every text. Yeah. Which you okay. never do. The way, how do you text? You go into your text messages and look, see what text you have, and then you respond to them, right? Yeah. Kind of thing. Or, right. or like you, you're not going to go to duck you undo first. Um, so... I don't, that one, I mean, it was, you know, some people download it. I think we charged a dollar for it. I don't, okay. I don't think uh, many people bought it. All right. Didn't you guys also do a, uh, like a Facebook mm-hmm. app? Yeah. I think that was our second one and it yeah. was called many different things, but it started off being called Facebook Focus. Okay. And we thought that was going to be big. That was going to be, so there were like a million different Twitter clients, you know, like, because Twitter, I think didn't have their own in the beginning. So right. Twitter had the Twitter.com, but it didn't have a an app. I, I believe okay. I'm remembering that right. And so there were all these like Twitter clones. There were probably like 20 of them. And, but there was only one Facebook app to look at Facebook. And that was the Facebook app from right. Facebook. Right. And so we thought, well, they, they, they just launched this API that let you kind of access people's news feeds and stuff with, you know, with permission from the user. And we thought, well, what if we could do a more streamlined kind of approach of looking at it and our kind of like selling point different differentiating point was uh this thing we called app spam so it's like you have your spam filter on right. email this is the spam filter for facebook okay so it would it was back when games were like really popular on facebook and also like very present in your news feed yeah and so this such would such just automatically farm, yeah yeah exactly yeah mm-hmm. farmville whatnot and this would automatically put them in a folder so it didn't clutter up your your view and then you just look through it and you press a button and it marks everything as red and then, then you know you're done looking yeah. at your feed. Um, I remember that one. I like that one because yeah. I always knew where to pick up. Yeah, that's right. You were a user. You I were was one a user. User. But then yeah. I was, then yeah. I felt bad when I went back to the to the original Facebook. Yeah. App, well, and I we didn't d- want to tell you about it. We didn't. We, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> we didn't keep up with it. I, I think most of my friends don't use any yeah. of my apps, and that's just it's it's but funny I, that doesn't. Uh, that one did take off though, didn't it? I mean, you guys got quite a few downloads. Yeah. On that one, didn't I, I think we got. I think the night we went out that one night. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we uh we were saying 200,000 or you were at least yeah. and i think that was true okay um, so i think we had 200,000 downloads um and at $10 a pop what is that it's 200,000 no, we <laughs> uh it was a free app yeah, so unfortunately good, yeah. uh 
Uh, we didn't get any money for that. Well, we had some ads, but um, yeah, yeah, it kind of took off. And then, did you ever hear from Facebook? Uh, yes. Like positive or negative? No. Did we? No, we definitely never heard anything positive. I don't think we ever heard from Facebook. I, yeah. I c- could be misremembering, but we did change it a couple times. We changed it to like uh, proactively change it to f- uh, focus for Facebook. Yeah. And that sort of became the way people wrote apps. So to let them know that it wasn't by Facebook, but um, that it was that you needed, you know, that was Facebook related. Right. That was important um, in the app. And I think fa- having Facebook focus is the name that made it really popular, but it made us to understand why, why a company does need to defend their trademark. And I think we were right to switch the name, even though it was less popular. And right. we saw it like people would email us asking us for like, just regular Facebook support <laughs> questions. You know, right. they clearly, some people, not not most people even, but some people were confused. Like right. they thought we were Facebook. Right. Um, yeah. That had to be pretty entertaining. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> yeah, we got a lot of, we got a lot of emails. And then the, at the end of it, after we had stopped developing, it got take, picked up a little bit by the blind community. That oh. was an unexpected twist in the life of that app. Um, ours... We just added, you can add some tags where you just say like, oh, this, you, you label stuff in your app and then the iOS software knows how to, for example, like read it out loud. If you're blind, right. you can turn on this feature. So it happened that our app worked because we added those things worked much better for blind readers than Facebook's own app. They weren't, okay. they didn't do a good job with that for whatever reason. So for a while after, um, we it was like blind users used it and it was like written up in some like blind blogs and stuff like that right yeah hmm. so that was kind of cool and we felt a little bad that we had banded it so i think we did like another version we fixed up some stuff but eventually we we really did stop and facebook i think uh got their act together and, and made it more accessible to blind right. people too okay so when did you uh, get into the hit tennis thing? How'd that come to hit be? Hit tennis, yeah. Um, so Mark, that really was all. I mean, like it's 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 credit to Mark. He was writing hit tennis number one. It, of course, was it was just called hit tennis before we even started working together. Like oh, okay. we had met, but I don't think we had officially like done our first client or anything. And he was waiting for Apple to approve some other app of his. He was doing a calling card app because he would like call back to England found some inefficiencies with that system. He wanted to write an app about it. Right. So while he was working on that, he wrote a demo kind of like, oh, it'd be cool to have a tennis game that you play with your finger. You know, you hit the ball with your finger or hit, or in that case, it was move a racket with your finger to hit the ball. Right. And uh, so that was Hit Tennis 1 and he released it. And it did, you know, it got some write-ups. Um, it got some interest from, you know, like blogs. Uh, they thought it was pretty cool. Um, I don't know how much he's made, but I think... Uh, you know, ten or twenty thousand dollars, maybe, or something hmm. like that. He's, I think he sold it for a dollar ninety nine. But it was back in the day when you could do that. There were just weren't as many games, right? Um, and it wasn't a full game. It was more like a demo, like you could play, kind of one round, and that was it. It yeah. didn't have hit the ball back and forth. Yeah, it didn't really have a full game. So he had the idea, and I honestly thought it was kind of crazy. But he, Mark, really follows the like kind of trends in the blogs of the business, and he had the idea to, um. Uh, make it free like expand it and turn it into a a real game like Mm -hmm. a full kind of fleshed out game 
with scoring and stuff right. like that, new opponents and stuff and, and whatnot, and to make it free and then have things in the game which you charged for, which it's become known as freemium now. I don't know if it was then. Okay. And that um, that was turned out to be... I, I don't know that I thought it was a great idea, but I thought, sure, that's cool that he's inviting me into this hit tennis project. I thought he made a pretty cool game. Yeah. And, so, and I was excited about kind of taking what he had done and turning it into a full game. Yeah. And I think Mark was excited that I was excited about that because he was probably feeling like he didn't want to start, you know, big projects are sometimes intimidating. So you bring on someone else. So, right. so together we, we pushed out the game and, um, it was, uh, we pushed it out as a, de- just, we were done. So we, we launched it, but it wasn't like a launch. We just like flipped the switch on the app store. And, um, in April, which I think is when it came out. So like, I think it was like a week or two later. Um, it just shot up the charts. It went to number two in the U.S. free games. Wow! Um, so that was huge. Yeah. Um, yeah, it felt great. Yeah, we we were at a conference at the time, like this app developer conference. Uh-huh. So we felt like hot shots with, yeah. uh, you know, at the number people, two app. Do people know. I think we'd mention it. I think we'd casually <laughs> mention it to him. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think. I don't. Have you played the tennis? I, I don't think. I, I mean, I think it is. It, it does help when you're like chatting with other people, like. It, you do see a little bit like people will, oh, okay, yeah, you got a number two app. I'm going to pay attention or something. Or like I'm going to know right. you or something like that. Um, but uh, I don't remember what what the number one was at the time. But uh, okay. we never got to number one in, in the U.S. Right. Um, uh, so that, that was But you knew cool. you were on to something. Yeah. Oh, except, yeah. except I forgot the most important part, which is that we had no... We hadn't yet put anything to charge money. Like we hadn't put anything you could buy. And we didn't have any ads in the game. So there was literally no way we could make money uh-huh. off that. And then it was like we were getting 100,000 downloads a day. Like by the end of the conference, we had a million downloads, something like that. Wow. Um, it was, and we had nothing. So I remember we stayed up late like in the hotel room while we were there and like just like added ads and like shipped that because people were like, yeah, what are you doing, guys? You should throw <laughs> some ads up there. Um, so... Uh, we did that. Um, eventually, we kind of iterated on it, and uh, yeah, I don't. Th- I don't think Hit Tennis Two never got up to number two again. So we kind of lost that opportunity. Mm-hmm. But um, but it was still cool. We were making enough money that we toned down. We, we didn't quite quit consulting, but we like we like stopped taking on new clients. Basically, right. so we were like halfway um, towards just working on our own stuff, which was yeah. cool. And then uh, that became the focus yeah. um, of the company. You guys just kept growing that. And, yeah. Um, well, yeah, I think it was, it was hard. It wasn't like growing like we were like, oh, this, you know, if we have in games, you're getting so many people, like people come in, but then they like, you know, you lose them after a while. Even people right. who like the game, excuse me, eventually you're done with it, you know, right. and you don't want to play anymore. So there's a, there's a big churn factor. Um, so it's definitely not like we're growing it. Like something like Facebook, you know, is growing such that now like, you know, 90% of the world or 60% or whatever it is has a Facebook account, you know, up from the early days when it was just Harvard. Right. Um, us, for us, it's been like these bursts and then we kind of like 
stable. We always have new downloads coming in, but then there's always people leaving. So it's kind of just, right. can we, can we make money, you know, on the, on the, on, on those people while we have them. Yeah. And sometimes that's just by, you know, making them stay longer. Um, maybe they'll tell a friend, um, uh, cause very few people actually spend money in the game. Yeah. Um, so, and we, we try to make it an enjoyable experience for people who don't spend money too, because that's, that's the majority of people. Um, maybe they'll click on an ad and maybe they'll, or maybe they'll show someone the game who does yeah. spend money. So as a stream of income, is it something that steadily kind of is walking up over time or is it more just these like bursts you get? Um, yeah. is like cyclical type of thing. Uh, I, it, it's cyclical to some yeah. extent. Certainly. Um, there's a definite Wimbledon factor, um, yeah. where it would kind when of spike. Happens. Yeah. yeah. It's, and it's, it's definitely not the first thing you said where it's like constantly growing. Like that would be awesome, but it's, that's not the case. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, the, it, it, the money, it kind of flattens out. Like our, yeah. our daily rate kind of stays stable ish if you look for like a couple week period but actually in the long view it goes down just a little bit and Mm -hmm. i think that's really about games or maybe everything right you know you move on to something else right so so we you know we we put out new versions we've definitely done things to like there was there was actually a moment with hit tennis too where we um we added a bunch of features and that like that like bumped us into a new level and, and we hadn't, we never really came down from that, you know, like you'd still see the trend of it going slightly down, like in the long view in the like six month view or something. But, um, but we were starting from a much higher point, you know, in a, in a daily kind of rate. So that was cool. And I think that was the moment where we were like, we could actually stop consulting right now. Now I think at that time we thought it would grow or we'd be able to write another game easily. And then like, Oh, you're making this much money with one game. So you write another game and now it's two times as much right. money. And then you write another and it's three times as much money. And they're all, you're making money from all of them at the same time. Right. But we haven't been, it, it hasn't worked like that for us. Right. For one, pretty much the tennis series has been our main breadwinner. We've had a, a minor success with a, a texting app we have, mm-hmm. but um, we haven't been able to find like another hit game or another game that makes, you know, a, a good amount of money. And, and, and we're looking for it, but we're also not gonna, we also have this tennis thing that we don't, we're not just gonna let it be. We're gonna right. see how far, how far it goes, you know? Right. Yeah. So I guess the first app you ever worked on, Scribbler. Yeah. I had a couple thousand downloads. Yeah. Hit tennis. What are you guys up to now? I should have looked at the, I, w- I would say probably 35 million downloads. Wow. Yeah, I think it's I think it's something like that, and that's yeah. if you count two and three. You know, three has more than two, yeah. um, but you know, it's it's millions of downloads, which is yeah. cool. Um, How does that feel to, to tell people that? <laughs> I usually just make a joke about it because I think yeah. when I tell people that, they assume that means I have thirty five million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, which is not the case. Um, but uh. But it's cool. I mean, that's that's it is cool to have written something that so many people have played. Now we've had people who yeah. have completely hated our game, right. but we do. We have people who like it. Like it's a four and a half star app now, and we have um, some people have really liked. Like one person said they emailed us, and I think it was sounded sincere. They said they broke both of their arms. They're an avid tennis player. They broke both of their arms, 
and uh, but they could still use their thumbs, and so it meant they could play tennis thanks to hit tennis. Wow! That's so that great. was cool. Yeah. Have you ever heard from a tennis player? Um, pro tennis player? No, uh, no, no pro tennis right. players. We were. We need to get Sharapova using this thing. I know. You'd think there'd be someone. In fact, it's not even just uh, not hearing from a pro tennis player. I've also never seen anyone play my game that like wasn't you know connected yeah. to me or like wouldn't be you know playing it for my sake. But yeah. I, I you'd think on a bus maybe somewhere like there's 35 million people who download. You'd think yeah. on a bus I'd see it. Right. Um, I look on the shoulder. You know, I'll see a Temple Run. I'll see Angry Birds. Um, yeah, kind of. That'd be kind of like a. Uh, I guess a new artist hearing their song on the radio for the first yes. time. This is what you yes. want to see. Well, I tell you what, my uh, my nine year old niece plays it, and uh, with the first time she beat Diego, uh, the girl went nuts. Okay. <laughs> well, that's good to hear. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you get people that ask you? Uh, do people have? Do people come to you and say, hey, "I have an idea for an app"? Yes. Um, a lot. Yes. Will you write it for me? Um, they say the line is, um, <laughs> "I have this idea." Um, sometimes it's, I have this idea, but I don't want to tell you those that confuses me that conversation, but yeah, no, the line isn't, will you write it for me directly? I mean, I I suppose it is, but it's, I'll give you 50%. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have this idea. You'll write it for me and I'll give you 50%. Yeah. Yeah. But what I tend to do with those, because I like being encouraging. Yeah. I like keeping it real as you noted, but I like being encouraging or, or at least to give them a path towards success. Yeah. Um, I first tell them we're, you know, I'm probably not gonna, not gonna do it myself. But um, I give them my thoughts on the idea, but then tell them how they might be able to pursue it themselves. Right. And I, assuming they're not a programmer, um, and that's usually people who say I have this idea for an app are usually not programmers. Yeah. Um, or they just go do it. Right. Um, they or, or yeah yeah the conversation would be different right with right. the hey what do you think like we're thinking of building this might might say right. what do you think about that um i'll try to i'll say like well here's you know you actually can for like you know a few thousand bucks you could probably get a prototype if you went on the cheap you know like a with a foreign developer or something you might be able to get a prototype out you you know this is feasible to do right but i think that's probably not what most people want to hear right um, yeah i hear you let me ask you this. Um, so I read a lot in the newspapers about, you know, all the techies invading San Francisco and it's yeah. changing the city. Um, do you notice you've been here in the tech industry for and living in San Francisco for how many years now? Uh, so I moved here September 2004. Okay. So in the in 10 years, 10 years yeah. do you notice a big difference? Has um, it really accelerate, accelerated the last couple of years or is this? It's It's cooler. I feel like it's cooler to start a company now. And yeah. I feel like more people are like, I'm going to start a company. Yeah. Um, but it also felt like that, like when I was starting a company, it felt the same way in that like, it's getting cool to start and acceptable to start yeah. a company. So I think it's even more so now. So that trend continues. It's like every year it gets more people kind of want maybe the Silicon Valley dream. Yeah. Um, of you know starting a company and like Mark Zuckerberg and becoming super right. rich and stuff. Um, I don't know if I've noticed the changes. I mean, the rents seem to be pretty insane here. Yeah. Um, that's the thing I worry about a little bit um, because you know at some point 
all the, you know, if everyone's in the tech country, everyone's a, a person who succeeded right. in the tech industry. And it, and that could, if you took this to the extreme, maybe that's what it is, you know, and they're multi-million dollar houses, successful people, then, you know, who who's going to work at, even at the, the regular tech jobs? Who's going to, you know, run the cool bars, you know, that we like, like hanging out in San Francisco for the, like that right. new restaurant or something like that. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know if that's going to be a problem, but like, I mean, I hear, you know, there's people like, you know, smashing the buses, the Google buses. I'm, that confuses me a little bit. It's yeah. probably a topic for a future show, yeah. but, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I, I, I guess the rent is the, is the main thing I've noticed. Yeah. And, and just that it's, it, it seems like it's more people um, yeah. doing, yeah, kind of doing this thing, which, which doesn't bother me. Like that in itself doesn't bother me. I think that's kind of cool. Like when I yeah. go to a, a coffee place, like it's, it's, it's fun how common it is to see two people starting up, you know, mm-hmm. discussing an idea. They're just at the beginning they're like really excited about it and stuff. And that's, I like that. It's fun. Yeah. So you're moving to New York soon. Yeah. I like San Francisco uh, so much yeah. that I'm moving across yeah. the country. So in about a week. Yeah, so a week and a half. What is today? Wednesday? Right? So Wednesday. we leave um, Friday. Next yeah. Wednesday, the movers come. Yep. Yeah. And what do you what do you think you'll miss most about San Francisco? What do you love uh, about it here? I think the thing I'll miss most, I won't know until I'm gone. But right. I will still answer your question. So the things I maybe if, if I had to guess, even though I know I'll be wrong, yeah. because I've, I've been in situations like this before. And it's always like some random thing. You're like, oh, I really want to go to that place, you know, that I went to once. And it just occurred to me again. I like that vibe. But um, lately, I've really been liking Chrissy Field, just that like excuse me, that new wetlands, kind of a newish wetlands area right. they have with the bridge and the water and you see the like... The beaches right there. Egrets yeah. and the beaches there and the Golden Gate Bridge and the... Um, it's just a really nice area. So I like kind of jogs there. Like those, I think those will be will be missed. Yeah. Um, I like... Uh, I haven't been eating... We haven't been eating out a lot. I think we've been kind of intentionally like trying to eat a little healthier and so I feel like I haven't gone to too many restaurants right. um, lately. I think in a good way, you know. Um, but Knob Hill Cafe, I just love that little neighborhood spot. It's, right. it's by Grace Cathedral. Um, a real simple, you know, it's not like, it's not the fanciest. It's not like uh, they're not trying too many, any experimental stuff, but it's just got a cozy atmosphere. And um, yeah, I like that place too. Yeah. Nice neighborhood vibe. Very near, and, and it's kind of unexpected that it, it almost like makes a little neighborhood in those two blocks or something. Right. Um, we went to, I haven't, I've only been here once, so it's hard, it's hard to say that I'd miss this, but uh, it was just such a San Francisco restaurant that I think I'll miss it in that sense. Like it, it kind of summed up San Francisco, which was like um, Rich Table. Have you been there? Yeah, I have. Um, I just thought that was it. It had this casual vibe, but they were serving really good food, trying interesting stuff in a really kind of relaxed presentation. Not, I would almost say sloppy, just because I can't think of another word. But it yeah. wasn't that at all. It was just like they were. It was just about the food. They weren't like hyping it up, um, or I mean, they they weren't like froofing it up or something. Um, and I just it was like really tasty stuff in a cozy environment, like yeah. a little you know a little expensive, like a lot of. Yeah. Um, restaurants are but um yeah i had that, a great experience there that was one of the hottest new places a couple of years ago i remember reading michael bauer's article on it okay yeah. and 
there's very few places I've seen him ride up so well. You know what I think happened is then state bird provisions came mm-hmm. out not long after Rich Table. It became the like it place. Um, it kind of stole a little bit from what Rich Table, I guess the notoriety they could have gotten, which I still think it's a well-known place, yeah. but so it was the it place, but then I think state bird came in and kind of like swept them away. You're you're always ahead of ahead of me, I said, because you're yeah. you know you're obsessed with Michael Bauer. Um, <laughs> I, I reading what he wrote. I didn't. I hadn't heard of Rich Table until yeah. we we got a gift certificate for for our wedding, right? Um, and I don't. We went there a little bit after the wedding, I think, but um, I hadn't heard about it. But maybe it was like hyped, and I missed that, and then it went down a bit, right? But um, yeah, I dug it. I I do want to check out State Bird. I haven't been yeah, there. I haven't been either. Oh, you, have, you haven't I been still there. I haven't been. I'm still surprised at that. It's I so love the concept of yeah dim sum style service but in like you know Cal- french california whatever california cuisine whatever that's called right. i assume you know just that like uh good food um yeah. so that that place intrigues me it's, it's tough to get a reservation i think very tough yeah. yeah do you uh do you like living in the marina um i don't think it's my i don't think it's totally my place yeah. i mean i don't dislike it i mean it's beautiful um do people hate on you a lot do people hit on me or hate, hate, hate on, on you oh, when you okay. tell me you live there? Because um, I had that experience when I first moved yeah, here. No, no. Every, every person I yeah. tell, they roll their eyes yeah. and be like, oh my God. Yeah, I probably did that to you too. I yeah, still kind of, I, I still, did actually. I still call you a marina guy, <laughs> even though you're two neighborhoods away now. That's right. Um, I, I, you know what? It, I preempt the hate. Yeah. So I say, like I give them an I know you know in the marina kind of thing, which is a yeah. little lame that I do that, <laughs> but um, I think that's what I do. Actually, I probably stopped at this point. Just say the marina, right? Um, but yeah, I don't think it it felt just a little bit outskirty for me. Like if it was less expensive, I think I would be right more into it. Um, I think I'd like to be more because I was I was um. For like eight years or not almost eight and a half years, I was at uh, Pine in Stockton, which right. felt, you know, the neighborhood definitely didn't really have as much of a neighborhood, but it was definitely like right in it. Right, right. Um, in and the that middle. was cool. Yeah. Now, yeah. And I didn't, I don't know, like I could, I, I can, I don't have like a neighborhood I'd have to live in. Like Sonia, my wife is, uh, she likes the marina. Yeah. She likes cute neighborhoods. Um, yeah. So we'll have to see how that turns out because I'm not sure we agree on the marina right now. What's some of your favorite spots? In the hood. Let's see. Um, I think CC's is kind of just that quirky uh, go-to place. It's like never crowded until we arrive. Yeah. Um, and so that's... There's that, always something happening yeah, in there. Yeah. There's something always crazy. A is all, there's she, always a story in there. She's, You're absolutely yeah, right. Maybe she's wasted. She's yeah. serving up chicken wing. Like they don't even serve food. Where did you get this food? Like that's weird. Um, yeah, no. And then uh, I had my... Uh, we had our pre-wedding uh, uh, meetup there, you know, like the Friday night kind of kind of thing. Right. Um, yeah. So CC's. Let me get, let me give you another one though. So what's another? You know what I like the Marina Meat Market. The, oh yeah, yeah. You go in there right and in the you corner. have a uh, kind of talk to them a little bit. The butcher meat market thing still intimidate me a little bit, but right. uh, I kind of want to be like better at cooking so I can like order like a piece of meat that like I requested, you know, and can you cut it this way? Yeah. So I feel like that's, that was like, I was starting to do that there a little bit, okay. but I like that place. Um, the theaters, I like the Presidio old theater school. and even the, 
the other one, which isn't as classic, the one by Walgreens. What's that one? Marina Theater. Marina I think. Theater. Yeah. I like just you know, it's kind yeah. of cool having a neighbor th- neighborhood theater that you can yeah. walk to. Yep. Yeah. So, let me ask you this then: You're moving to New York, flying out in the morning. You have one day left in San Francisco. Your last day. Take me through what you're going to do your last day from when you wake up in the morning to when you go to bed. Do you mean what I'm literally going to do my last day? Uh, or because literally it's not, that's yeah. going to be like a stressful. Your yeah. ideal day. <laughs> okay. If you can think of like an ideal okay. day, yeah. your ideal yeah. last day in, in the city. Right. What do you think you guys would do? I think I would go to um, that place, which is blanking on me. What's the bakery with no sign on it in the mission? It starts with an A or an N. It's at 18th and Guerrero ish. Yeah, I don't know. They do the sticky buns. Tartine. Okay. Oh, that was neither tartine. an A okay. or an N, but the N had an N sound in it. Tart- I would probably go to Tartine in the morning, get a sticky bun. Okay. Um, I think I might pick up a, uh, at some point, not right after, get a burrito at Matate. Okay. Shrimp burrito at Matate. Those are pretty good. Um, that's also I'll a mission. Check out that. I've never been yeah. to that place. I like it. Yeah, it's good. Or just like I really like um, Pancho Villa too. Just like solid kind of assembly line in the in the in the best sense of that word. Right. Um, cooking of burritos, um, and I don't think I'm good at these days. I feel like I'm not good at like plan. This is this is what it's like yeah. when people are like. Uh, coming to town i feel like i never know what to do i don't right. have that gift of knowing oh we're gonna check out this new spot oh my god i know what it is my favorite's the best meal i've ever had i can't believe i forgot and i've had it twice okay mission chinese okay my favorite i i've had it i i went there one night and had i thought it was the best meal i'd have just in terms of the full experience and food i just loved it right um it's this for those of you who don't know it's this um <laughs> It started as a pop-up restaurant, and I suppose it still technically is, but it's in a Chinese restaurant, in another Chinese restaurant that's like a different Chinese restaurant by day. And they do um, just different. I think it's a little bit fusion-y. It's still very Chinese food, but um, I don't know, different than I tasted. I don't know know why. Very spicy, um, good prices. They kind of just sit you in these long tables, and it's got this dark, cool vibe going. Yeah, I thought it was great. And then that's, I, but what, that's what I liked about it too is they they put together they put together flavors that you would never think of, right? Like being put together before, and it's very interesting combinations always. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you and normally when you have like the best meal of your life or the best beer you've ever had, like the next time you have it, it doesn't hold up, right? But right. it did. I win again. I've only been twice, and I thought it was the greatest thing. So I would, I would end with Mission Chinese, uh, maybe like a 9 p.m. dinner yeah. at Mission Chinese before my red eye flight out to New I like York. That. Um, there's some other stuff to do, like probably some outdoor activities I should do, but I like that. Those aren't coming to mind. A marina guy spending his last 24 hours on a mission. <laughs> I love <laughs> the, the entire day. <laughs> I love it. All right, thanks for coming on the show, Rob. All right. It was a real pleasure having thanks you for on having here. Me. Uh, we'll miss you guys when you move to New York. That's oh, for sure. We'll be back. So that's the show. Episode one of San Francisco People Complete. I hope you enjoyed hearing from Rob. He's a hell of a great guy and deserves all of his success. Go on the App Store and check out his apps. Hit Tennis 3 and hit Tennis Multiplayer. If you have any comments or questions about the show, or if you have an idea for a future show, 
you can email me. The address is frank at sfpeoplepodcast.com. We'll be back in a few weeks with our next episode. Until then, go out and enjoy San Francisco people.